You're tuning in to Pastar Prime, a show powered by Squad Locker. Here are your hosts, retired Astros minor league star Tip Fairchild and former Patriots All-Pro Center Dan Copen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the program, Pastar Prime. I'm not going to do Tip or Dan. We've been here for 27 episodes. So this is episode 27. 27. If you're watching at home, take a look around because this place, I mean, this place is turning into a shrine for Tip Fairchild right now. Well, they asked for all of us and I'm the only one that has stuff. I'm surprised you don't have like your Pee Wee or your Little League jersey by now. Oh, I have it. Why is it it not here? Because every other jersey you Uh, own is up here. So we were asked to bring in some things to tell a story and luck, luck, to the squad luckily, locker people. Luckily, you were at camp, so I was, you were you had I was you were right accessible. There. I was, they were accessible. Uh, it was accessible. So I was thinking, you know, I think I'm, I'm <laughs> I grabbed my little league. I grabbed my high school. I grabbed my college. <laughs> I, I grabbed I grabbed my eight minor league team little jerseys. League, little league was uh, the chickadees, um, chicks orchards. And so I do have that. I'm sure kicking around somewhere. Atlanta complete. Computers. Can we just try and fill the walls up with your stuff? No, it's your. It's, it's no, a shrine. This to you. is supposed to be your stuff, but you have. I been, actually don't have that many yes, jerseys. You yes, you do. They're home. already all hanging up. That's there's a why. couple hanging up. Yeah, they're, they're there's hanging a couple. up. They're on shelves. I'm sure there's balls everywhere. I know that. There's a lot. I could bring in a game ball. Yeah, that's well, that's not a we, bad idea. We could just pretend that one is. One we can right bring there. in some of those. I got to yeah. take a look around. I don't. I mean, you know, I'm surprised these yeah. aren't framed. No, see, see, that's the thing. No, I'm not a big frame guy. These are just these are in the closet, just sitting there. You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, we'll see. We're gonna try to. We want to try to get rid of the red and black all the way around, just covered, covered with stuff. So we got Mammoth Academy Mustangs are up there. We got the USM one. I got a USM. I got a Southern Maine yeah. baseball T-shirt. On we, I mean, it's, it's it's another main day. Too. <laughs> it, it is. So oh. we're well, we're we're working through some scheduling now. So we should have a, a really solid um, guest. That was a Southern Maine Husky also. Uh, also, though, episode 27 is one of my best buddy, Brian Marshall. This is your this is your episode, 27. We we hammer this number on the roulette wheel. Oh, 27. You just, you just like the Okay. Yeah, 27. I, and I have some. I, was, I actually wore 27 when I was with the hooks for a while. Is that in here? I had a 10 ERA then. That's not it. But yeah, <laughs> so that's, that, that, that jersey, not, I threw that one on the that, fire. That one's gone. <laughs> that one, uh, not good memories that on one, that uh, one. That one did not make the cut. You know what, you know what I was watching? And we have, uh, like you said, we have uh, Ashley yeah. Marble, yep. who is a former Miss Maine top eight Miss USA. Yeah. Um, Miss stellar, USA. Stellar athlete. Killer athlete. Yep. And Killer when athlete. And she's ready on zoom we'll go to her but yeah. I, I was watching i don't really like watching the youtube thing and i'm, I'm focusing on not what, many people do I, I don't like watching myself on tv there's no doubt yeah and you're right on that well done yeah. um i gotta slow down in my approach and not jumble the words right like unique new york that type of thing from how uh, now Anchorman. brown cow yeah but What's also i think i had i mean my eyes were going crazy last week you're, well, sometimes I catch a screenshot yeah. with him, and his eyes are outside of his brain. I, I mean, I don't need, like. There's so much white showing. The yes. eyelids are so wide open, and I don't know. Yes. I'm like, I'm not that fired up. Well, and you don't have a huge brow. I got a big brow. I mean, I got big eyebrows. <laughs> I so was looking I, at that that video, the YouTube, and I'm just like, what is wrong with me? 
<laughs> this is ridiculous. Out of I, act, I'm, I'm, I look like a fool. <laughs> I look like I'm all jacked up, which I'm yeah. not. Mm. And it's just like, just relax a little bit. Yeah, just, just calm down. Chill. Like, if you listen to one of our other podcasts here, uh, On the Whistle with Gary Goldberg, our CEO, he enunciates very well speaks slowly <laughs> clearly his ad reads are and i keep on seeing praise from the marketing department on his ad, ad reads so. we haven't gotten any because we've messed every one of them up we uh well they're you know they they understand our shtick you know they know that we're probably going to misspell stuff we're probably going to stutter we're not going to know what a word we're, means we're supposed to look like morons in the, a little yeah bit. a little bit yeah a little, a little bit there, there are a lot of things in the news right now, though. Remember last week, there was literally like nothing in the news. Nothing. And right now, there's a lot of things that are popping up in the news. My, a lot of it's golf related. So, but there was some fights. There's hockey. There's basketball. There's lots of things going on. But one of my favorite things right now, Dan, um, is the yes, Bryson. Tep. Yes, to, I mean, yes. The, I mean, you the, have to say my name. Yes, Tep. What, should your? I call you? Should I call you Dan or should I call you Copen? Or Cope. Cope. I, I, what do people call you the most? Probably Cope. Like friends? Yeah, probably well, Cope. I'm going to call you Dan. <laughs> Whatever. Damn <laughs> Daniel. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Whatever you want. All right. So, just, just not Danny. Okay, no Danny. All right, I got you. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka. Now, we talked about this a little. There's a player impact performance thing for the PGA. So it's the people that are hitting social media the most. Like the people that are what what do they call that, Max? Like when they're most influenced, like in social media, like right? Influencer, like retweets and right. hits, or I mean, whatever. their names just or popping followers. up all the time. They're yeah, in the news sure. or on Instagram. They're doing the whole thing. So I think these guys are taking the bull by the horn, like and understand it's a lot of money. It's too. free money. Yeah, it's like eight million bucks. It's free a year. money if you can get it. It's forty million bucks. It's spread out over eight guy eight eight guys on the PGA tour. So it's real money. Just eight. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, eight, eight guys. I'm pretty oh, sure. So, it's there. These guys are going at it with a major battle where they're on interviews, like trashing each other. You know, like go. We there was the one where Bryson walked behind Brooks the other day, and yeah. uh, you know said the something, and Brooks rolled his eyes. Week. Right, it's right. So, but then now Brooks has and Kepka has everybody out on the golf course. When Bryce, when they see Bryson, call him Bryson Brooksy. So, you know, you know when people hit a ball in a golf tournament, they're like mashed potatoes, you know, or uh, Baba Booey Baba was Booey's, a big thing, yeah. you know, Viva for the yep. Barstool guys, in like people hole. scream stuff, right? So now people are just screaming Brooksy. So, see that's thin, fun. That's fun to me. Thin skin Bryson, yes, told all the security at the Memorial Tournament this past weekend. Anybody says Brooksy, I want him removed. From the tournament. Are you serious? Yes. And they were peeling people out of there left and right. I was busy this weekend, yeah. so I didn't have we're a chance to, to watch. I got it. Yeah, we're <laughs> but really, I mean, he was having people Removed. thrown out for saying Brooksy? Thrown out. It's cancel culture right now. Don't we live? Isn't, there, isn't yeah, there something it, in this country about freedom I, of speech? I can't believe that he can do that. It's not. It's nothing derogatory, right? It's no. just, it's, there's... It, it, they, uh, it, it, this is like we've said the term too. Barstool really started this. The part of my take guys did a lot of it, like which is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. They kind of can, uh, they call it like kind of weaponizing their group. I call it just they have loyal followers, so they have people do stuff. I call, it, like, I call it a mob. Yeah. So they they tell their listeners like, hey, when you if you go to that tournament, 
you know, sure. call Bryson Brooksy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was big. It was a big deal. And now Bryson's kicking everybody out. I'm wondering what's going to happen next. Because then Kepka put up an Instagram post and said, "Hey, um, it's Brooksy," <laughs> and he said, "Anybody who gets." I don't know if he said thrown out or says it at the tournament. Anybody who says it, Michelob Ultra is going to give them free beer for like a year, or like cases of beer or something like that. So he's weaponized. No, yeah, now. he's he's going after. Oh, yeah. it. I mean, you see, I mean, it's a, yeah. you, you see a weakness and you yeah. just go right for it. That, and that's but what's yeah, happening. You're a professional athlete. It's kind of, I mean, and I'm not like the Osaka thing or whatever. If it's a mental health issue, mm-hmm. she withdraws, right? No, this she is does taunting. a good thing. This is a, but still he, and you, you can't, you're he in, can't handle this. You're in a sport where there's fans around. You can't control everybody. Yeah. By the way, I used to love, I don't even know if I, what I liked more when they cheered for you mm-hmm. at home or when you ran out onto the field and they booed you. Well, that's a, I think it's a Reggie Jackson quote. They don't boo. Nobody's. Right, so that's like. Well, you just pulled that one out of your ass. Yeah, that's. Uh, well, I, I wrote it down, and it's. It, I wrote it on my wall, I think, in my room. <laughs> so, so they don't boo nobody. So, like, so, so half so, the people so should no, hate you. So nobody booed you on the hooks. Well, the actual hooks people booed me. <laughs> that's the wrong. That's the wrong. That's the wrong way to do that, right? Like, so that's my own fans that were booing me for being terrible. That's not me being great the and having the opposing voting fans. Yeah, they're cheering me <laughs> off. Like, yes, this guy's pitching today. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Number twenty-seven yeah. here yeah, today, buddy. The opposite, opposite, Dan. Uh, oh. But you know, it's. It feels good to be booed when it's the opponent. That means like they know you, right? They're agree, like, oh, but these guys are good. I mean, you're a competitor, and if someone's yeah. trying to get after you or get under your skin and boo you, yeah. I mean that 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 stuff you should just relish and like you know, I, I, like yeah. honestly, I mean, we were playing golf what two weeks ago or something mm-hmm. like that. Remember, we got the seventeen, and it was mm-hmm. a close match, up down yep. one or whatever. And it wasn't like we're booing or whatever, but yeah. you just got up to a shot, and you're like, I love the shot. Love it. If there was a gallery, people would have been standing there and like applauding. They, they, yeah. Their confidence was there. So, I mean, that's, right. that, that's just weak-minded. I that's, hate that. I agree. I agree. I that's, hate that. And that's where... That's one of the reasons... Bryson, oh, you want to tackle him. Uh, Brooksy. Yeah, Brooksy. Brooksy we gotta, yeah, let's... We can I'm, get I'm a part of the us. mob right now on that. I mean, just that's just fun now. Me and, too. And then you let people know, and then they just go after it harder. I, I agree. This is the wrong. He's handling it the wrong way because this is going to turn on big time, especially that with a major coming up. But he's also probably going to get paid millions of dollars, like and sort of letting it go. That's maybe, why, maybe there's an angle. That's why I think there's an angle behind this where they might be texting in the background, like, let's turn this up a notch and yeah. both guarantee ourselves like five mil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really Jokes on them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, another thing in the golf news, John Rahm. Uh, and and this is like, we got three bullets in, of golf in a row, but it's the season. It's the season. I, John Rom, who again will come to you next, but you didn't see a lot of golf this weekend that was on television. Mm-hmm. Um, John Rom was up six strokes going in the final round and had to withdraw as he walked off the 18th green. Yes, yeah, so I, I saw a clip where they someone came, someone came up to him and said, "Hey, you tested positive for COVID." <laughs> no, and then, and then he was. He had to withdraw. Like, he couldn't play the next match. He literally, it was a $1.6 million purse this yep. week, I think, or eight. Yep. That just, whoop, gone. Couldn't play. So so he went home and started tweeting to get that number back yes. up a little bit. And what I wondered, what I wondered, though, too, is I'm surprised he wasn't vaccinated. And he did 
This is what I was listening to a couple of things on this. It's he possible was that exposed. he is. It, it is possible that he's vaccinated. He's, it is possible. It, well, it was. Well, beforehand, though, it, false positives is a, possi- is a possibility also, Absolutely. Right? And they, they did a couple double tests to, like, check it. But one of the funny things, though, was he was around somebody who was exposed to COVID. So he went into their protocol thing. The next day, he immediately went and get vaccinated. No way. Yeah, to try to be like, oh, maybe that it's like it's kind of like get rid of it or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that was his move, and it didn't. I mean, obviously, that's it didn't work. work. So it's not, not like work. it's like uh, should have done it's it. It's not like it's amoxicillin. Should have done it two two months ago. That's what I'm wondering. I it, that's that was a 1.6 million dollar hit right there. Like where I'm sure they were making this available a while ago for these guys. Like, oh my, you know, and now it's available God. for my seven year old. Yeah, almost. numbers that you can get an appointment wherever yeah. you want to do. It. I mean, right, and then yeah, I mean. So he doesn't come out. Why? Why is like getting a COVID vaccine such a secret to some guys? Like LeBron know. James, yeah. secret. A lot of the NFL teams or whatever. Yeah, um, going into camp is it like could just be hey, like I'm politics, kind of. I don't know, but is it that big of a deal? I don't really care. Don't care. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. I don't care. Both of us are like I don't care if you get it. I don't care if you don't get it. Right. That's doesn't matter. To I me. think that way of a lot of things. Like <laughs> 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 that's. But most things. middle middle of the road yeah. tip right here, like drive right <laughs> down the yellow line. <laughs> just just can't get it over the middle of the plate. But you're the yeah, middle exactly. of the road. Middle of the road. I'm right there. Like I'll just stay right on line. That's uh that's how we do it. Um, also, member member for you. Yeah, great weekend. I mean, well, it was a great weekend. And you I guys, mean, I might as well been on a plane eight hours away. Yeah, it just felt like it yeah. was. It was well. These. I mean, you know how it went for. The four ball that I played in, right? Yeah, it, it just it complete poorly, de- complete debacle. <laughs> Poor, we talked I mean, about it. Yeah. <laughs> the the confidence level was not high after getting that ass kicking that we got a couple yes. weeks ago. But we went in. Um, my partner and I probably plays at about a sixteen or seventeen. I, mm-hmm. he's, I mean, he's getting better. Yep. Um, I was playing probably at a ten. Uh, 18, 18, two nine hole matches on Friday, two uh, three nine hole matches on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and then two more on Sunday. I was getting the call in the morning and then at night, and it was, "Hey, what should we think about going into this 18? And then I get the call at the end of the day. We just murdered two groups. Oh man, <laughs> you guys were on a mission. We, you we, killed everybody we, in this we, tournament. We, we, I mean, it was one of those days, and I've played in a few member guests. Um, and never even come close to mm-hmm. winning our flight. We, I think we won two up on the first match. We won three up on the second match on Friday. So well, you we, won your flight with a full day to go. No, no. Technically, no. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't completely te- te- won. It wasn't. I mean, it was, we were handled. Because yeah. day three, we went up three, four, and three. Yeah, crazy. We were 5-0 and oh in both matches. Yeah. Uh, in both days. And it wasn't, so he... I think second place, we were at 10 points, right? Yeah. And I think second place was at three that day. So it could have happened. But if you lose by three or yeah, four, you down, they minus come up. three, so it's got to work out perfectly. And by that second day or the third day on the second match, mm-hmm. we split that match with the group. And the group that we played um, second had beaten the second place team yep. pretty handily. So, so we're, we, went, we went into that last match on Sunday knowing yeah. we were going to be in the playoff. So you got into the playoffs. Like everybody, that's what everybody wants. You want to win the flight. You want to get in the playoff. You want to have. It's fun. Like you played in front of you played played in front of tens of thousands of people. Oh, right. So you've played in front of tens of thousands of people in Super Bowls and everything. I, you know, I've played in front of fans and like that stuff. 
makes it gives you the butterflies, gets you nervous. But then you go ten years without it, right? And it's like, oh, what is the thing that gets me like on stage almost, right? You oh, had it. You had a tee off. Absolutely. <laughs> well, because it. it's not your I number one I, skill. I, I'm not comfortable like giving like uh, speeches or whatever, yeah. and it takes me a little bit to settle down, and then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, at the course that we play, one of Moisit, everybody is out there during lunch. It's the patio, and then the first tee's right there. So right there, people like, are talking five feet behind. Like. DeChambeau would probably have a problem because people are talking yeah. and, he, you know, he's weak-minded and, yes. you know, he would he, he would. would he would be bothered. Right. That stuff doesn't bother me. You could blow an air horn. It doesn't bother. I just don't right. like eyeballs. It's lots of eyes, too. There's no it. helmet covering me. <laughs> there's no <laughs> when helmet. Get, when you get into these tournaments and there's lots of people following you and there's carts, like, we're not supposed to be playing golf with fans. Oh, it was awesome. It was but so cool. It and feels it was so great, doesn't it? It, it, was, yeah. it? it was cool. It was a three-hole playoff. The first two holes were better ball. Um, and then um, the the, uh, the last hole, up one, par three, eight, and then down nine was aggregate. That's it, And it, I wish – It gets I, your juices going. It does. And it, yeah. it was good experience because we went in there with none, and we had no idea what to expect, what to shoot. Yep. Next time, if there is a next time, I'll be much more prepared yeah. and more confident. Not on the first tee box with everybody. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope that ball gets off and we're gone and then you yeah. can settle into it a little bit. But at least I know the numbers yeah. of where we need to be and have a shot. We, I mean, the the team that won was minus one on those three holes. So, mm-hmm. And you guys uh, were and even. We were even. Yeah. And, you and we were it. minus one coming into nine. I, I texted, we'll, we'll give... Uh, Tyler Foster, a little shout out right here. So oh, the staff we was... talked about him a long time ago where he uh, he came to one of my baseball camps. He's from the town next to me. Now he's an assistant pro at Dan's club. Recognize me, not you, which was hilarious. But Well, you were um, probably wearing one of your jerseys. Yeah, I was. I, was. I, I still uh, – he, well, he might have had one too. Maybe he might have one in his apartment <laughs> he, in Providence. He had it underneath his polo. <laughs> exactly. So the staff you said <laughs> was you great. Can you sign this, please? Uh, it was great. I texted him. I, I texted him and I was like, How, "How's my guy doing out there?" Because yeah. uh, you guys went silent yeah. when it went to the playoffs. You don't. I mean, which what, I was going. No, I was, there was no way. I was there's no ask, talking. Like, I didn't, I don't even think I like texted. I texted my wife after some matches. Hey, yeah. we won this or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things when you get it's like superstitious. Well, right? Paul was getting chatty for he was uh, like so we're going off at three. He was so he's fired so up to get going. And then I was like, okay, these guys are going it's out. It's a marathon. Though. Not going to mess with them. But I'm going to text Tyler. So I text Tyler. I was like, how's my guy doing out there? And he's like, I, he goes, there was just a big four for three. Yep. You know, and you mentioned it. it Paul made, made a great a punch. Four it, for was, three. it was about a 20-footer. I was sitting probably yep. about 10 feet for par. Um, so, and then he was up. He had about a 20-footer, left to right, yep. uh, stroked it. I mean, it was a yeah. great, it was in, in a pressure situation. It was a great putt. And I, I did then we got off play. four for three. I parred the second one, and then... I went five for four with the strokes, and he went six or five, and just one off. I did have a plan that if you guys won, that would be we'd bring him into the office, and that was the episode. This oh, week. that would like, he would have loved bring that. the trophy. Yeah, <laughs> we were to bring, bring the, the flags, flags in. Yeah, oh yeah, done. The that would have been great. Done the whole deal. So. It was. I mean, it was fun though. It's, it, it, it brings it, it's the competitiveness. I was absolutely exhausted. Oh yeah, it's you're gassed after those things. Even the two day long ones, rounds. Yeah, I was. You know, it is on a serious note on this we need this stuff we do like you got to have some type of thing that like you can go grind at and compete and it's like not work right or Mm -hmm. not like just 
cleaning up the yard and stuff, whatever it is. It's like I got to go be able to take these two people that we're playing against that I might know or I might not know, mm-hmm. and I want to bury them. <laughs> like you know, and you know and what? I, they want to bury you too. Exactly. That's that's the thing. It's not like uh, it's not like we're just like these animals that want to go kill everybody in this thing. <laughs> they feel the same way, and that's what makes it fun, right? Like that's where we haven't been. You don't get to do this when you get done playing, like, and you don't get to do this as a normal human in society, mm-hmm. right? So you have to find like your outlet. Maybe, so it's, maybe it's fishing. I you're getting fired up right now. I'm ready. Oh, it was. I'm, go- I'm playing in Tuesday Night League I'll tonight. You, we, Whoever I'm playing is going down. We got we got an email uh, during the third day, and it was like, course is closed tomorrow. There's an event. We need to yeah. take care of the uh, – we need to do some maintenance on the course. I was like, thank God. Yeah, I can't, can't even play, to, I can't even play tomorrow if I want to. Yeah, it, it, but it gets – those days, they get you – like now you're thinking like, yeah, oh, you get a little competitiveness going. It makes you makes it makes but you feel all, like it, you're. It's, you're all, ready to it's go. also like the same thing. It's like in football or ever sport, you play situations differently. And Paul, mm-hmm. Paul, like my partner is one of those like just wants to go for it. Yeah, go for it. I got to nail this putt. I was like, no, you don't have to nail it. Just two putt it. Yeah. Every every situation's different. Every hole's different. Mm-hmm. We just want to win the hole and move on. Yeah, he's super I've got my I've, I'm I'm ball in hand right now. Just two putt it and let's go. Yeah. You know, he, he in, the last, in, the, the in, in the last round, I want to bury these guys. And we had a great group of guys, great flight. Yeah, uh, It was fun to play with these guys, fun to meet them. But the last day, he's like, I want to bury them. I was like, let's just go even. Doesn't yeah. doesn't matter. We got to get to the playoffs anyway. Mm. If, it, if it so happens and we're playing, it's not in our minds, and we bury them, so be it. But yeah. we, let's grind. We The first match on day, two, or day three, we ended up going two down and fought mm. back to get to even. It was like, perfect. That's all we had to do. Yeah. Paul, Paul is an animal. We get, we get, we'll bring him in for sure. He's uh, um, by the way, uniforms. We, I, we didn't say anything about uniforms, but I tried to segue. Couldn't find a good word to segue off, so we're going to fire it away. What we have um, about eight thousand <laughs> of your uniforms. We, 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 we mentioned uh, your uniform. The about uniform five solution. Uh, the uniform solution with Squad Locker is rolling. Um, it is heavy going into fall sports now. Lots of football. Hockey starts up kind of. I consider hockey basically a fall sport now. It starts so early. I know it's a winter. It's, thing, it's probably fall, winter, yeah. and then spring right now. By the way, <laughs> those things are cranking right now. Soccer, field hockey, you know, you know, all that type of stuff is moving. So with Squad Locker, Dan, you know, you can have your uniforms, your mm-hmm. team packs, your player gear. You can do it with printed, embroidered sublimation. Like any types of uniforms, any types of any type of you just want hooded sweatshirts for the team. A lot Easy. of a lot of sublimation going out right. So now. much sublimation. It's comfortable. It's light. Sublimination was how you used to say that. I did. So I, you're I, back. I think I've been talking pretty well today. But you're way. you're enunciating. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope my eyes aren't going crazy. I'm. Just, you know, I can't <laughs> wait to, to find one. <laughs> you're gonna be zooming in a little There's bit. One it's like, like boom. <laughs> like his eyes just like. <laughs> you know what? Is, you know what? Is, remember the 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 introductory press conference from Adam Gase for the Jets? Oh yes, his eyes were out of his, <laughs> his head. His eyes were bugging out. Yes. Like I look like Gase right now, and I know Gase. He's a great guy. I love games, but I was yeah. like, "What's wrong with you? What are you on right now?" Yeah, that's you have that. I that's the mark that second Max because his eyes are just popping right there. We're gonna find it. Um, so Squad Locker though, we're we're shipping things direct to home. All those different solutions. The salespeople are here, ready to go. You can build out your store. It's open three hundred and sixty-five days, seven days a week. Does not close. Twenty-four Ship it right hours to a day. the player. Do the whole Simple. deal. The whole deal. Really easy. So www.squadlocker.com backslash is it backslash i think it's forward slash slash slash, forward slash (laughs) 
<laughs> Damn, we, almost, we almost made Which it through. We almost made it through. www.squadlocker.com yeah. forward slash. Forward slash. Suit, suit up. up. Yeah. Erica we'll take and Steph, you. can you guys uh, give us a. Tell us that it's a forward slash. Next not backwards. Oh, leave us, leave us a note in the comments. Correct us. Yes, correct forward us. Forward or back. Forward or back. Or, just, we can put or, it ju- or just slash. Slash. Okay. So www.squadlogger.com slash suit up. All right. We'll be right back with uh, Ashley Marble. Let's go. All right. Coming right off the ad read, we have a great guest today, Dan. Another um, Mainer. Another Mainer. I'm bringing in is all it Maynard the Maynard or Maynard 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 Maynard. Okay, Maynard. this is like Maynard. the definition of a Maynard right here too. Like from up above where I lived, like far up, more, pop, you, we'll more get popular into that, than you. So Ashley Marble, um, I've known Ashley for a long time. We went to college together, Southern Maine. I got my T-shirt on, as I mentioned, Max. Um, so dug this one right off the. Uh, is I was that one getting hung up next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as this is over, I'm going to pin this on the wall. I'm going to take it off live interview. <laughs> so Ashley went to first of all, great volleyball player. Then went to to Southern Maine and was like all world in basketball, right? All American player of the players of the year, Hall of Fames all over the place. Then just to add to that was a top eight Miss USA, right? So was Miss Maine, then top eight in, in Miss USA, and now is a business owner. So it's just like, I mean, I missed probably 25 things in there, but, you know, I think we could probably hit on some of them. So welcome to uh, past our prime, which is past our athletic prime, Ash, but we're all in our good, uh, we're all, all in our, uh, uh, what do we call it, life prime, I guess you could say, right? So how, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. It's good to see your face. Yes. We're, how long, how long has here. it been? Since you've guys been have seen probably a long college? time, probably nope. She came down to Rhode Island do you, one time. Do you run into squad? Do you run into each other at camp sometimes? At camp? Nope, not at camp. That, are you, where? Are, so explain where you're from for Dan because he doesn't understand Maine at all, even though he played in New England. That you have camps up there. Yeah, he doesn't but it's understand not like a camp. tent. And you got lakes, and you're yeah. on the, the ocean. Yeah, yeah, we have all that. Okay, so I uh, I grew up four hours north of Portland. Okay. Right, that's pretty north. far. That's like seven hours away. How many kids at the high school? No. That, uh, my graduating class was 52. I think we had. Oh, that's pretty big. 80 for seven through 12. Yeah, we were little. And we. No, but that's big, though. Graduating class of 52. I thought you were going to say like 15. That's big. Easy. You know, we weren't that small. But okay. we still don't have a gas station. We don't have streetlights. Uh, the closest Walmart is 45 minutes. And then mm. the closest mall is like two hours. And then yeah. you you went to University of Maine first, right? I did, yeah. I went on a full scholarship there for volleyball. How, how was that transition from a place with no traffic lights to probably, I mean. Well, Maine's not, Maine's kind of there outside. Of I'm it. not saying it's a huge city, but it's a different type of city, right? Yeah. What city is it in? Bangor. For me, I, Bangor, Orno. Bangor, Orno. Orno. All right. yeah. Bangor, Orno, yeah. But for me, I mean, I played AU my whole life growing up. So every weekend we were out of state. There wasn't in-state competitions besides state. So I was pretty cultured to that in terms of that. Um, but going to school and not having anybody make sure that you went to school and having the freedom to have as much fun as you wanted. Um, it was definitely a culture shock for sure, but I was playing volleyball and that was something that I had just picked up as a freshman in high school. So that was probably the biggest shock going in and becoming a setter. What was the, what's the first love in terms of sports? Like, so is it, 
is it volleyball? Is it basketball? Is it something that is it just fitness in general? Is it something that we don't know about? No, it was. I uh, I remember getting questioned because my mom had me a dance at two and a half, and the question was cheerleading or basketball, and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not wearing a skirt and shaking pom poms. So <laughs> the decision was basketball. Volleyball wasn't even a thing. We didn't. I didn't even know about volleyball until my freshman year of um, high school. Really, truly, but I just. Once I started playing on a team, um, it wasn't necessarily the winning so much. I just hated losing so bad that I became addicted to to the adrenaline rush of stepping out on the court every day and trying to be the best you could be. Perfect, because we just talked in the beginning of this episode about, because now the only competition that Dan and I have, unless it's against each other with like Peloton or something, is golf. Yeah, I was wondering, how's that going for you? I saw that challenge. Well, but- well the <laughs> challenge didn't go well, but now we're still on the bike. We're still riding. It's a good thing. We, we shredded some pounds off, and yeah. we're, you know, the cardio's it up was, a little it, bit. It was a lot of time away from normal life, two to three hours a day. And it, it got a little bit, of, it got a little ridiculous. Yeah, we were riding at night. Um, I like I would get on the bike at like ten fifteen and watch like two episodes of like Game of Thrones while I was just like grinding down like a down the uh, where, where was a where was a ride that we did like in Venice? You oh, know? like a scenic ride, <laughs> a scenic yeah. ride. Yeah. So we're so stupid. exactly. Yeah, we were so dumb then. We we shredded weight though big time. It does work. Yeah, it works. I mean, but you just can't do that only right i mean you're in the That's profession true. now so would you consider yourself i mean all right do we go there now or we can go there now do you want to go i mean we're gonna go back we'll go back and forth my wife owns a fitness place. studio as well mm-hmm. and it's not like so would you consider yourself like a fitness instructor a life coach what is the marble method now I think we're a therapist honestly mm. um no we, you, you, you might be coming I, yeah. out of COVID. no yeah absolutely through oh, COVID. <laughs> Actually, I mean, our demographic is women primarily. We do have a few men in here, but to to be honest, I grew up with sports. So um, I didn't have to worry about fitness. We were constantly training and practicing. It was just an everyday life. And when I graduated college, I had a degree in exercise science and sports med and had no friggin' clue how to eat mm-hmm. or how to mm-hmm. work out. And quite frankly, I hated it because if you were gonna tell me to work out so we could win a national championship, all in. But to, to work out, to like change my body, I was like, F that. So yep. for me, I just realized as I started to go through after I graduated that if I had a degree in it, and I still felt lost and there was all these diets and fads and do this and fasted cardio and lots of cardio and I don't know, the cayenne diet cleanse, you know, that one, that was a fad. And if We've I was probably tried a lot of tip, tip did that one last week. I did not do that one. <laughs> the weight will come back really quick if you do. No. But no, I just realized like if I was struggling, like how many other women were struggling? And at first I was training athletes and, you know, I love training athletes, but I was an athlete and had been my whole life. You know, I didn't have a life. It was sports. And after everything, after the last shot clock ended, the last lights closed, I was like, I honestly didn't know who I was. I just was really struggling. I mean, nobody, nobody ever told me to identify Ash outside of sports. Mm -hmm. And so when I was training athletes, I think at that time, even though I loved it, like I missed it. You know, I was looking at all the things that I didn't have growing up. I didn't have strength coaches and, you know, personal coaches and all that stuff. So I started to talk to more women, especially when I wrecked my ankle. That's when I couldn't walk and I was. Oh, I got a, I got a bullet coming up on that one. We're going to yeah, get so a picture for that. Too. So I was still in sports and loving it. And then it like everything, the lights went out 
And um, I didn't know who I was really, didn't know what made me tick because sports made me tick, adrenaline made me tick and competition made me tick. So I was like, I've got to do something else in my life. And that's, and that's where I really found that working primarily with women and yes, this is a gem. Yes, we do personal training. The programming is phenomenal here. It's more about just giving them the confidence and the courage to step in and find out who they are. And then the, the strength to kind of become that person. Cause mm-hmm. I think, you know, as women, you're supposed to like grow up, get married, have kids and then sacrifice. Or that's what I was kind of always believed. So to be able to have people come in here and know that they've settled, know that they kind of have been resigned in their life and start to see them fight again and find the warrior inside of them. That's, that makes me tick now. Now yeah. I tell you, it's a much slower tick though. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that's, that's funny. You said that. Cause when we were, it's, it's perfect into this episode because we were talking about Dan just played in like a three day member member for golf. And I play in a few of them too. And we, you know, we play in some together and it's, we, we want to beat those two guys we're playing against so bad. And like, cause that's, we're looking for a competitive outlet. Right. And for me, it's sales it's running teams and organizations. Like that's my day job. That's what I do. Right. But I still want to, like I have Tuesday night golf league tonight and I know who I'm playing and I'm coming for blood tonight, you know? So like you flip the switch, but when the lights go off, like you say, you have to go find those things instead of it being the thing like, Dan, if you're in, you'd be in, you'd be in OTAs right now. Right. Yeah, thank God I'm not. Yeah, Yeah. thank God you're not. And then and then rolling right into a 16 game, 17 game now, right? Now it's 17. 17 game season with playoffs and Super Bowls and everything, and that's that's your lights that are on. So you're you're right. You know, people have to find something else. Yeah, it's good what Ash said. Like, there's you know when you're playing in that moment, there's a goal every day. Yeah. Right. You know, it it doesn't matter if you're in the off season or you're Mm -hmm. in the season. You know what the end result is you know, where you want to get to. So, yeah. and when that goes away, it's just like, okay, now what do I do now? Like I said, I've always been identified as this guy or this yeah. girl or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you got to find that person again. Definitely. No question. And I, and I think for, it's, it's hard because it was such a release for us. Do you know what I mean? So like a lot of times if you were going through something difficult in your life for me personally, I don't know about you guys, but you could take it out on the field. You could take it out on the court. Mm -hmm. You know, you could use that to fuel you. And when the sports are over, you're like, "Uh, how do I handle this emotion? What am I feeling? There's no release. Do you know what I mean? And then for me with my injuries, I can't compete anymore. I mean, shoot. It's like a game. We, we go to, um, what's that where you take the, Oh, help me. It's a, it's a block game and you have to take the Jenga. 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 I mean, like I'm competitive at Jenga now because I'm like, I can't play sports the way I want to, but the competitive edge has never, never left. And sometimes even when I get on the Peloton, man, I I have to see where I'm at and then I got to beat my record and try to compete with the people there. And you actually get upset when you don't beat it. Just like I can't, you can't do it every day. Yeah. Like I get upset when I don't get like you just performed your best hit or your best twenty minute ride. I'm like seriously, but we gotta get your how, how long did important. it take you to figure it out? I mean, how long how long were you lost? I guess you know and you know what 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 was the motivating motivating factor that to to help you figure out who you were? Um, basically, I hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know what I mean? Like I I just was searching. I had a degree. I was a bartender waitress. 
Um, and I love that job to be honest with you. Cause you made good money. You met people and you didn't have to take it home, but I just felt like I was destined to do more. And, um, I had a pretty good personal training, uh, program going on, but that was to me, even though it was nice, it was boring. It was one to two people. There wasn't mm-hmm. enough action involved. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, how can I scale this on a bigger level where I'm giving the same service, but with more people and that, and that, and that's how this evolved. I was a trainer at another gym, opened that gym and we became the number one gym in the country in terms of membership in 10 months. And that was adrenaline for me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I, and that's kind of what was happening here when we opened, but COVID hit six months after opening. Yeah. It's wild. You know? And we were shut down for six months. So I just think life's always going to throw shit at you, like mm-hmm. every which direction. And I, and for so long I was waiting for the perfect time or the right amount of money or the right opportunity. And then, right. And then I go for it. And if, if you just wait for the and thens or what ifs, like you're always going to be resigned. And I just sat down with myself one day and I was like, what at the end of my life am I going to regret not doing? Cause there, you know, if the things that I've done, I don't re- necessarily regret them. Yes, I've learned, I've failed, I've made mistakes, but I never really regretted them. The things that I didn't do mm-hmm. throughout my life that I was hesitant to or fearful of or talked out of, those are the things that still burned. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna go for this. This has always been my dream. I always wanted a gym. I was told that, you know, I came from a town of less than 200 people. I had no money. I was a single mom. Like, what are you doing? You can't do that. And you can't, you just got to put your nose to the, to the ground, put your blinders on and just stay focused. Just like an athlete, like, you know, your role, you know, your goal, and then you just are relentless in the pursuit of it. But making sure that I found myself before I went into it so that if I failed, Mm -hmm. I was okay with Mm -hmm. it. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't place my worth on the success of this gym because I placed my worth on the sports and the accolades and Mm -hmm. the team that when that was over, I didn't know who I was and I felt like I didn't have any worse. So really finding myself, I mean, I have a strong faith. I have a good group of friends, great mentors. I read a lot, um, but just always looking for ways to reinvent myself and pivot when we're throwing crap here in the gym. I I feel empowered. I feel like that was like reading a book right there. That was strong, that was great. That's probably a clip right there, Matt. I mean, you literally wrote it down. down. You said that's the clip, right? I, I, I agree. Um, let's, I want to roll it though to when, like we met, we go to call, you know, we go to Southern Maine, like baseball is a big sport there and girls basketball is like the mm-hmm. probably biggest sport there. These guys have been, you know, powerhouses for a long time. Um, and then here comes, here comes, you know, a volleyball player from University of Maine to come play basketball. And was there, up, was there a buzz? Oh, there was, a, oh like yeah, there was fanfare. There was confetti. That, it was, it was a wild it's a day. parade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a parade <laughs> comes in and then you guys tore it up for a couple of years and then and I got I got drafted I think the you guys played one more year after I was already gone but I remember following it you know all on then and it was like every game like when I was there it was it was a packed house it was awesome to watch and and like you scored you were diving all over the floor you had the knee braces on and probably like elbow pad on or whatever cuz you were just always you know like going to the hole and then like ended up on the floor like and one you know and like yelling in people's faces and it got us fired up it was fun to watch it was like we were like the Cameron crazies but at Costello Sports there you Center go. <laughs> you know what i mean so take me to the basketball side because that was your sport really in high school that you were that you were great at right i mean in volleyball too but then you came back to it and were amazing like another gear 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't all me. I We had a bunch of transfers that came in that year. We had a bunch of – it was just a hell of a team, hell of yeah. athletes, whether it was D2 transfer, D1 transfer. And some of us had played together in AU or played against each other. Um, and th- that team had hunger, and mm-hmm. you can't teach hunger. And you had – all of us were just friggin' hungry for more. Yeah. And it was so much fun. I was, I was actually scared cause I didn't have a great experience at Orono and um, playing volleyball. And I remember the very first time that Fifield said hit the baseline. I like panicked because at my old place, we would be on the baseline until we vomited um, mm. and we couldn't let our ponytail hit, but it was just fun. It was relaxed. Um, obviously we partied, we had a great time, but for me, you know, the team was phenomenal, but the fans made it, even better. I, I don't know if I actually would have liked sports as much and this, or even love sports if we didn't have the fans because yeah. mm-hmm. the fans in high school, it was a packed house. Everybody went to tournaments and that was the same for us at yeah, USM. Dan, I mean, Dan hasn't, uh, we talked about this once, but like the basketball tournament in Maine. Oh, in oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, it was just an experience. It was like all the towns came. It was packed all the time. There's three locations, Portland, Augusta, and Bangor, and they would be just bombed out with, like, everyone. And Dan does know, like, so Valley was always amazing, like, in my thing. They called, like, the newspaper called me a couple months ago and did a story about losing to Valley. It was like, hey, um, we're doing a story on Valley, but we're doing it about, like, people who lost them. And I did, like, a whole interview on it. And Dan's like, what What do they have to do up there? And I'm like, hey, basketball's a huge deal. High school basketball's huge. Actually, yeah, the question is, too, why would you take an interview about how well you lose? <laughs> Hey, I'm comfortable. They're, they're out of things to talk about. I yeah, no they, they had nobody else. To, there was COVID going on. They had nothing happening. Yeah, it was Peel out. It was the Hartwell twins. It was uh, Brian Andre, Chris Wheeler. It was I, I remember them all because it was like they used to kill us. This team is so, infamous. You're like, yeah, yeah infamous. it was a great experience. We prepped all season and got yeah, and got, yeah got murdered. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> he hasn't really experienced how big basketball is in Maine there. But like you said, I mean, you would have a sellout in high school and you would have a packed house in college at a small college, you know, in, in Southern Maine, like it would be busy. Um, then you, then you, uh, another whole experience for you. How do you end up getting into like the Miss USA like category of it? That just yeah, is like, that, is that I during mean, sports from, or is that after sports? Yeah. I didn't know the timeline on this that great Ash, but I know that like, it was like athletics, athletics, and then bang. Yeah, no, I wasn't quite like the toddler in Tierra, but mm-hmm. probably what you didn't know about me is at two and a half, I was in dance, and at three, I was in pageants. Mm-hmm. Got it. So didn't I know grew that. up a pageant. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't, and mm-hmm. I tried. I mean, it's it's really not me. It's just another competition. Um, but, yeah, so I did Miss Teen Maine, and I won Miss Maine Teen USA when I was, I think, 15. And mm-hmm. I was pissed that I missed a basketball tournament yep. because I had to go compete friggin' pageant and I put on a dress and I was like, I don't belong here. Like, what is this? Like, uh, you know what I mean? I've got like padded bra on, um, my hair's done. I've got fake eyelashes on. And then I was like, I stepped in and I was like, it's competition. It's go time. Like got this. So that was the last time I'd done a pageant. And then I was training people to do really massive things. I had two clients that were trying to lose a hundred pounds, another client that was trying to get into ice skates for the first time in like 30 years. Like they had these huge goals that they wanted. And here I was like, you know, relatively in shape, not like I am now. I still was kind of lost. And I was like, I'm going to do 
something that scares me too. Cause I know mm-hmm. losing hundred pounds is daunting. You know right. what I mean? And that is a major undertaking. So I was like, I'll go compete. And I was 27 at the time. I was the oldest freaking competitor. Um, I was like, I'm going to go compete at Miss Maine. And I actually didn't win the title at Maine. I was first runner up, I believe. And um, the winner couldn't go. And so they called me up and they were like, hey, do you want to go to Miss USA? And there was a, I had just, that was kind of when I started to figure out who I was and comfortable in my own skin. And I was really hesitant to take it because I knew the the life that comes with competing in pageants and mm-hmm. modeling. And mm-hmm. I wasn't so sure that I couldn't like stay healthy and go back there. And um, in all honesty, I didn't. I kind of reverted back to the, you know, not eating lots of cardio, you know, that sort of work, but ended up being in the top eight at Miss USA. And I met some really great girls that I'm still friends with, but that um, the whole time I was there, I felt like a fish out of water, man. Like, yeah, is that kind of like a locker room feel? That's what I over there. Is is that, is that like pageant or those girls? Is that kind of, is it, is it like a locker room feel? Like, cause when we were, when we were playing football, uh, guys would come in and take your job every year. Right. But you're in a locker room, your teammates, it's, it's OTAs, it's training camp. It's kind of, kind of friendly. Yeah. I don't want to lose my job, but you're not really cutthroat to each other. When you play your cutthroat. Are those girls cutthroat? Is it like, a, is it vicious or is it a friendly competition? Mm. I think there's a little bit of both. And people that want to say it's friendly is full of bullshit. And the people yeah. that want to say it's cutthroat, that's not entirely true. Although we were told to lock our gowns underneath our bed. And no way. Key. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Did they put like poison in your makeup thing? And like it breaks out. <laughs> Yeah. I had the most yeah. amazing roommate. They cut my hair. I had really long hair and they were like, you're too old. Your hair is too this. They, I mean, so like they gave me Botox. They chopped my hair off. I didn't even know how to blow out my hair. Like I had no clue. I didn't know how to put on fake eyelashes. My roommate was a saint, <laughs> Liz. Mm-hmm. She would put on fake eyelashes for me. So I got a really good roommate, but there are, there was a lot of cattiness and we were there for two weeks. So the first week you were like, oh, hey, this is all fun and games. And then, you know, as it gets closer, you're like, Whoa, what's what's happening but it's a it's a competition and honestly it's a competition not based on who you are internally it's not about your brains at all um they like to make it think like that but it's really about what sells do you know what i mean they're looking mm-hmm. for something to sell their brand they're judging you based on your body um and we- we are all imperfect trying to strive for somebody's idea of perfection. So, you know, the nerves and the insecurity definitely can run high there. And I think that makes people do some crazy things. But for the most part, I came out with, I still talk to six or seven of the girls um, on a weekly basis. And I'm, I'm really thankful for the friendships. And, you know, it's just like the guys, sometimes you're like, yeah, man, you, whatever, but yeah, you're yeah. not, not friendly to them, but right. you don't maintain. No, yeah. There's a respect. You're, I mean, you're not teammates, you're competitors, but in that locker room, you're teammates. So you're going to respect them. Do I like the guy? Not really. Yeah. Am I going to talk to him afterwards? No, but yeah, we'll get, we'll when get along battle, during it. When you're in battle together. Yeah. You'll get along. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I know what you're saying with that. You know, so every locker room though, like my yes. dad, I think one of the things he ever taught me was that when you walk on that court, all differences are aside. Mm-hmm. Your teammates, you play together for the ultimate goal. It, it doesn't matter what you're going through, how much you like them. If you don't like them or if you're friends with them, you're playing for the ultimate goal. And that's every day that I walk in here, no matter what's going on in my life, I try to pour into them, give them the best, whether I'm feeling my best or whether I like everybody, 
You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I think locker rooms are tough, man. Like it's always a competition, but I think that's what we become addicted to. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, we've <clears throat> spent more time in locker rooms than at home for a long time. Yeah. Right? I mean, and is, that's a, that's what you miss about athletics. Definitely. Like I don't miss practices anymore. I don't no. miss like getting hit or anything like that, but I miss being around the guys and, yeah. and, you know, playing card games or something yeah, like right. that. We, yeah. you know, I mean, we, have these stories on every episode basically riding the bus riding the plane you know wh- whatever it is like and then it breaking down or being in a hotel somewhere like that stuff comes up non-stop and i might not talk to somebody for five years right and then you can pick it up and like your 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 best buddies again that happens daily for dan and i um i have a question about the big stage right so you have the big stage so you have would you rather do you feel more comfortable packed house on the free throw line big free throw to make right or like on the stage for like the miss usa thing like was that uncomfortable for you you wanted to be you want to be at the free throw line which one did you which one did you feel more and did they have like a similar pressure right um so i i won't lie uh once i was on the stage on the runway like i was gonna rock it um and i owned it no matter how insecure i felt the second i was like hey i'm here but um the free throw line tip, don't you know? That's that's a sore subject. What's the, what's the percentage? Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh-oh. Oh, are you, are you, are you, are you like, like, are you like, you're like, you take like an elbow jumper. <laughs> She's like Shaquille O'Neal up there. <laughs> She's got the ball. Five seconds. Five seconds left to go. Packed house. You have the ball. I'm taking it every day. Mm-hmm. No, basically, I would go in a packed house with a free throw line, but I was. I doubted myself. That was the only place that I actually ever questioned myself as an athlete is on the free throw line. And it's just because like, I I went through all the what ifs rather than the, like, if I, you know, like what, it it wasn't what if I make this, it was Mm -hmm. what if I miss it. Mm. But I was a a few points shy of a 2000 points and I missed a lot of free throws. Mm. So um, I wasn't the best free throw shooter. I think I was like 70, 80%, but still I, I choose that every day just because I feel comfortable in like shorts. I have my team there. I like the hype. You know what I mean? They're Got it. I, honestly, I liked, I liked the criticism too. I remember when I played, um, Callis, it was our biggest rival and we would pack the house. So they'd have 1200 people in there at five 30. Our game wasn't until seven. And they'd announce my name, double zero, Ashley Marble. And the whole side would have newspapers up like this mm. going, boo. And they'd be yeah, like, yeah. you suck. I love that. Like, yep. I, I, that. You're like, segueing ooh. perfect to like what we did before this where they don't boo nobodies. Ashley, I pulled that quote. I was yeah, Reggie Jackson, I think. They don't, they don't boo, boo nobody. They shouldn't care. You, right? As a somebody or as that player or athlete, you should, you should like the boos love the booze unless they're coming from your own fans which i mentioned also you know if they're if your own fans are booing you then you got a problem but when the other fans are booing you let them rip i love that stuff that's uh, i'm i'm glad that you experienced that too and like that the, the yeah. newspaper thing was old school they're uh they're they had a devil for their mm-hmm. mascot and it came in wearing ashley who Ooh, nice into yeah. our our house and we had never beat them and i was like we're beating them today like let's, <laughs> let's go. go you know what I mean? all right like, yeah that's bulletin bulletin uh that's bulletin board when, material that when, stuff is illegal in, in your prior locker room no that was no it was on there no i know but we just didn't bad, talk about it was bad it. to give bulletin board oh yeah material. we didn't talk we, we, we said basically we're trying our best it's a great opponent yeah, yeah it was all cliches it yeah. was awesome all cliches what about like so i 
when you got done with the game, did you ever remember anything good that you did or were you always focused on the negative things from the game? Always focused on the negative, always. Like I remember got, I was getting interviewed and all I could focus on was like the shot that I didn't take, like miss or the pass, you know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like if I miss free throws, I go shoot them. I, I mean, accolades are great. Right. But like, honestly, if, if you can't be consistent in, in your performances and I just wanted to be better each time, then if I didn't at least match my performance uh, or beat it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with myself. Do you still feel yeah. that same way? Um, yeah, even in, even, even in the new job, the new profession. So to be honest, yeah, it's been really hard. I've had to, um, find some grace for myself because, you know, I had a goal and I've never not hit goals in my life. Like just never, if I say I'm going to get a thousand points or if I'm going to get a thousand rebounds or if I'm going to get, be the largest gym in the country or, you know what I mean? Like I always get it because I just, I think about it and then I think about it so much that I think my actions just align. But when we opened and then COVID hit, we were on track to our goals and then we got shut down and I'm a sole owner here. We didn't get it hardly anything right. from the SBA PPP and it was like you know what I mean like everything stopped and there was no momentum there was no adrenaline and you were just like craving for people to just hold on and stay mm-hmm. and then you were just thankful for somebody to walk in the door so the growth like the growth has been so slow because Kentucky it is very much like Maine and the mask mandate and all of this so it hasn't been up, up until late where we've had the growth Mm -hmm. starting to get but it's so slow and I'm always like how can I be better how can I you know it's always on me like what can I do better for my staff what promotion what can I run better what can I offer more I'm always like that and I don't think that I don't think that will ever change to be honest you got to think being the athlete and being a part of those teams and the competition sort of helped you out a little bit where all right what's the obstacle what's the situation and how do they how do I change it or not change it, but how do I adapt to the situation? So you, th- you were th- thrown a curveball, right? Mm-hmm. How, how did you, were, did you have not necessarily social media presence, but did you have an online presence for the gym or the studio, mm-hmm. or did you have to, you know, pivot that way, you know, in a matter of weeks, you know, how did that, ch- how did you, ha- how'd you handle that challenge? I guess. Yeah, it was a challenge. I remember I was the first gym that shut down in Kentucky. We hadn't been told to shut down yet, but my kids were super sick, super sick. And I was incredibly fearful. So I shut down and then I was like, shit, what do I do? And I was like, okay, well, we're gonna, I'm gonna buy some lights and I'm gonna get this and I'm gonna get that. And we're gonna create, I'm gonna do live workouts Mm -hmm. every day, record them for as long as we're shut down. So Mm -hmm. I was like, here's a discount on your membership, stay with us. So I provided, I don't know, three well, four or five months of workouts, five days a week mm-hmm. for people. Um, and then we started, and then that felt like it was kind of getting boring. Mm-hmm. So then what we did is I recorded one and then I'd have a zoom so we could go in and sit and then correct people's forms so we could see them and work on that. Yeah. And then we opened back up and I had to change the entire structure because I mean, now we have to be eight feet apart, six, seven, eight feet apart. Still. So I had to, it changed layout, how I wrote the workouts, how we even coached them. And then they said that gyms couldn't be open anymore. So then I was like, okay, like fitness studios couldn't be open, but gyms could. So a regular gym, you're just going in for your own workout. We guide workouts. So how can I become just a gym 
so that I can keep members coming in. And I was like, oh, I'll record. So I got on the podcast and did a podcast for every workout, counting every single rep, not in here, but it was recorded so that my staff and myself, when we were in here, we were listening to the podcast, you know, three, two, one, here we go down, up one. You got this mm-hmm. shoulders back oh, core tight, but the whole thing, but we were just in here being like, observers so that they could come in and get their own workouts out. And then finally he wanted to do something else. And I was like, you know what? We're not going to survive this. So we're going back to just who we were and mm-hmm. it's worked out great since. But yeah. I mean, we, we were t- restaurants, restaurants and gyms yeah, absolutely got hit. the yeah, hardest. Like I said earlier, my wife owns a fitness studio as mm-hmm. well. And it just came to a dead stop and the door shut. And it was like, we don't even know when they're going to open them back up for us. Yeah, there was no real guidance on it. You mentioned something, too. You said adrenaline and, like, momentum. I actually call our sales meeting in here. That's twice a week, the momentum meeting, because it's about, like, good to great. Have you ever read Good to Great? If you haven't, you should read it. Uh, Collins, I think, good is the name. Yeah. And it's a f- it's about a flywheel. And, like, if that flywheel's humming, you know, like, it's really easy to just pull it, and it just keeps going. But when it stops, it's really hard to get it going again. Right. And, and you, that's like the toughest time of any company when you get like ripping and then like something happens that stops you. So you have to like change direction, almost like a boat, right? That it's going one way and then the props have to go the other way to like back up. You know, that's hard to do. So uh, that's momentum and adrenaline is huge. And I imagine like that is, that's like what halted, like you said. But I think with sports though, what it taught me, because I mean, when I was in high school, we weren't the best sports team. We were the underdogs and Mm -hmm. we became my junior and senior year, the best teams in the state. Um, But we were used to, to losing. And when I went as a freshman, like, I remember our coach being like, okay, guys, like, go do your best. Like, we probably, and I'm like, what? Cause I, I played on an AAU team that was just dominant. So I was like, wait, what is this culture? What is this mindset? And I think just being able to shift the mindset and come from being an underdog and having nothing with not a lot of experiences and learning that your thoughts and your actions and the things that you do daily, your behaviors really make an impact on that momentum. It, it helps me to, stay with it here. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I've wanted to throw in the towel so many right. times, mm-hmm. like it, the stress, like, uh, is it worth it? Do you know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. Somebody will be like, I just fit into a size small scrubs for the first time in 20 years. Like I'm in a bathing suit and I might not be the lightest, but I feel confident. Thank you for my life back. You know, it's those, those little God wings, as I like to call them, that, yeah. mm-hmm. that reminds me of why I got into this. Now with sports, it was easy. We had a game every Tuesday or Saturday, you know, so it was, the reward was faster. Um, but yeah, pivoting and adjusting and then keeping momentum, keeping momentum is, is some, it it takes a lot of work and a lot of foreshadowing and prepping ahead of time. Like you don't just get momentum because like you're winning, like you have to keep reinventing yourself. No, absolutely. Hey, you had, and you mentioned the ankle. I want to hear the ankle story. Because I remember seeing a picture of this a long time ago. I, what year was that? Do you know? Uh, 2010. Oh. No, 2011. Just a, just a busted out ankle, like where you had an ankle, then I think you had a knee injury. So we talk injuries I, I, I'm actually going to ask, are you looking up the picture right now? we got to find it. <laughs> oh, God. We'll get it. We'll get it. You just tag us in and we'll find it. But it was, I mean... You had like a gnarly ankle injury that, and then you came back from it. We're like jumping through the roof again. 
playing basketball again, right? Like and doing stuff. Not 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 like at, in college, but you're still athletic and like moving around. I'd be probably permanently down. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it's my guess. I wouldn't have much I, left. I'm active again, but I. I, I jumping through the roof is an under like big overstatement, but uh, yeah, no, I that was a past our prime story. Mm-hmm. I'm playing St. Joe's uh, college team, and we're past our prime. And they're like, "All right, come on, Marble." And I was just like, "Man, I'm just here for a good time. I'm still competitive. I'm staying outside the three. That's where mm-hmm. I always want to be anyway. I didn't want to be in there mm-hmm. dogging around with people." And I took it. I I could read my defender. I knew I had the lane, and I was like, "Duke," and I went layup. And, uh, but she hit me, they didn't call a foul. And then we were down by the way. So they were like, come on Marvel, like we go. And I, so I d- came back the next play, I did the same thing. And the help side defense was late and she stepped and I stepped all like oh. planted. Basically my heel was on the top of her foot. My foot touched her shin. And then when I looked down, when I went to grab my ankle as I was falling, the sole of my shoe was looking up at me. So my arch was touching my shin. And I was like, oh, I was like, holy cow, what just, I don't have insurance. What am I doing with my life? Like it was mm-hmm. kind of crazy, right? And um, the only reason I still have my foot and what happened, they took me to in the ambulance and they were like, you're a miracle. You just dislocated your ankle. I'm like, mm. So they mm-hmm. put me in this big, big, like, cast sort of like thing that had an opening and the pain was excruciating. Well, come to find out the only thing that was holding my foot on was my skin. Mm. I had shredded every oh. nerve, ligament, and fiber. So the surgeon, I had texted a girl cause I was training athletes and I showed her the photo, which I had my friend take cause I wanted to make sure it wasn't a compound fracture, but there was some blood, but there was no broken bones. And um, I said, I can't train you tomorrow. Well, she showed that picture to the, the girl that she was dating who happened to be the surgeon's, um, the nurse. And he was like, who is that? And how long ago did she do this? And she's like, it's Ashley. And he's like, get her in on Monday. They said, you don't have, a, you don't have an appointment there. He said, we don't have time. Oh wow! So he went in and um, he said, 10 years ago, we probably would have cut your foot off. Dr. Palmer, I don't know if you know who he is. Mm. He said, uh, and then after surgery, he said, I was this close to cutting your foot off. He said, but I know you're an athlete. And he said, and I would have crushed your soul. And he says, I don't know if you'll ever walk again. You certainly probably will never feel your foot again. And um, this is a dictatorship. He said, if you ever want to walk again, you're going to follow to a T. So yeah. I was six months complete bed rest. Um, I still oh. can't feel the bottom of my foot. I can't, I mean, there's that compared to my knee feels decent now, but I don't do anything. Is there, is there, is there a limp? Do you walk with a limp at all? I did for about a year and a half. Um, and then that's when I really got into fitness and focusing on how the body, cause I couldn't, I literally, yeah, you're doing five classes a day. Like she's doing normal workouts now, which is, I mean, I know that was a while ago too, but my knee is the bigger injury. I mean, it wasn't as my knee was not as gruesome. But the ankle was disgusting. The, it was yeah, pretty terrible. It's, it's a yep. bad one. And I, I've broken Your my ankles. I've broken up. my ankle. Pants. I've dislocated or ripped the ligaments down in there. Had surgery. Who fell on it? Um, actually, it was, I forget the line, but we were playing in Miami. Both of my season ending injuries happened in Miami. Shoulder was basically like your ankle. Everything was gone and the skin was basically, I couldn't Both. move it. Um, but the ankle, it was, you know what the worst part about this was? It was a goddamn quarterback sneak. 
<laughs> it was no. the first game of the year in 2000. Your guy. It well, was, thank you. For it, that. Was, thank it was you. the first game of the year in 2011. Yep. Uh, we were down in Miami right before halftime. Quarterback sneak. Brady calls, you know, dog dog, which is the code word for quarterback sneak. We just go quick. Linebacker shot the gap on Mankins and he just ru- uh, washed them down. Well, my leg was in between it and just went like that. Ugh. And as soon as you get rolled up on and you feel that injury, it wasn't as bad as Ashes. I'm not even comparing it to Ashes. Mm. But once you see that and you feel that, I cannot watch anybody else get rolled up again. Yeah, because you know. Can't do it. it. Remember Paul George? Right? Paul Paul George is kind of like yours where, I mean, it was, it snapped. Yeah. Like those things just, they are painful and they hurt and I can't watch them anymore. And they take a long time to recover from. Yes. Like you said, you were down. Same thing. I can't remember who it was, but it was a few years later, but he like dove off the court and his ankle was like, and I was Mm, like, oh. Yep. I'm ill. Instant sweats. It's not, it's yeah. not a fun thing to watch. No, it's it's definitely not. It's definitely not. So you had you had the ankle, you had the knee, so like you've been through that and you've rehabbed and come back like every time here, like and then you know, the back knee, to like the knee, the knee is uh I ruptured my patella tendon. That's and the yeah, knee's yeah. hurting. So you yeah. <laughs> you snap your ankle and you rupture the patella. Yeah. So you have probably you have two of the worst injuries for your lower body, right? But lower body right yeah. there. Yeah, and I think it was it was three it was three Novembers ago. I literally just stepped down, and I just fell down, and I was like, "What the heck?" Like I thought my shin bone touched my chin. I was like, "What is going on?" And I was like, "No, man, I got it. I got it. I can walk." Tried to get up, tried to walk, step forward, went down again. Got up, tried to step back, went down again. And I was like, "What on earth?" Because I mean, you get up after you're hurt. Like mm-hmm. get yeah. up, you know. Yep. So yeah, they told me that I I had completely ruptured my patella tendon. Um, they did surgery, but the surgery took like three hours. So here's the bad thing. My quad shut down. Mm-hmm. So my part of my quad actually still doesn't activate anymore. It's about an inch smaller than my other quad. The pain that I have in it every single day is terrible. I mean, that's halted me. Like mm-hmm. I'm done, you know, after the ankle a few years, I could come back and get a lot of strength around. But with this knee, um, I actually just went and saw they're going to do some like blood flow restriction therapy, trying to get the quad back. taking out some of the nerves they're trying to avoid another surgery but the the knee i it's frustrating because i deal with pain every day i mean a lot of pain and not now not only am i not an athlete not only can i not compete that when i do work out or do something i enjoy i feel it so there's a whole level i'm sure you you understand with your shoulder that's the the pastor my elbows toasted his shoulder ankle i mean yeah the good thing about my shoulder is it's left and i throw righty so it doesn't affect me throwing the ball with the kid or yeah. anything like that i can sure. still do normal things but the, the you know the uh the mobility or the motion that i have the flexibility on it is very much limited mine is very much day-to-day like so <laughs> there's certain days where i feel great i'm you like Whoa, storm's great. Coming. and then there's certain days where i'm like wow that does not feel good right yeah. now you know, it's kind of crunchy, you know what I mean? And it just doesn't feel, you know, if they went in there, they'd probably figure out some things, but it's like, you know, it's it's good enough to live. I was so. going down. I, I still have two, like, pins yeah, in my ankle. Forever. Yeah. I've seen the pins in your ankle. Oh, I've yeah. always been like, ah. Yeah, there's what, two what pins that? that just stick out. And then the doctor, when I get the surgery, is like, oh, if you want, you know, we can go back in and pop those yeah. out. I'm like, I'm all set. Yeah. Just leave them in. No problem. Your ankle pops out? No, I have two pins in there that they had when they had to wrap my ankle. Because it... On the outside of your ligament, your ankle, your ligament's kind of like your uh, your MCL. It repairs itself. On the inside, it's like your ACL. You have to have surgery, so they wrap mm-hmm. it with you know two two bands or whatever. 
So there's just little pins there, but they're two little pins that stick out. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, medical advice with Dan. Hey, any any other <laughs> questions? Pins do not come out. My pins are very solid in my ankle. They're in there. Like, yeah. No, I've got I've got a this or that yeah. segment. A few questions. Okay. This or that. We'll go quick through it. Ready? This or that. Um, okay. We when said. Dan, hold on. When yep. Dan speaks closer, because it's hard for me to hear because oh. I don't have. Okay. Oh, Is that whoa, better? Wow. That's why I'm. Is that better? He's he's so he's so Getting closer to the mic. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> he's so quiet. Um, well, I have a projecting voice, Ash. That's why. So um, here we go. Yeah, you do. Talk big loud. city, big city, or countryside? Country. Country. Okay. Because we did say that she grows. She grew up in. I, I would agree with that. Okay. I, I sometimes I, I like to be in the city. Sometimes. All right, two to one. Okay. You're, well, you're, all right. two to one. You lose. Okay. Um, oh, the, I like this one. This is a good one I wrote down. You ready? Because <laughs> we talked about wellness, fitness, eating well, stuff like that. Um, cheat meal day or like healthy food choices and, you know, like meal prepping. What's What do you like to do better? Oh, I like the meal Should prep tip. Cheat, cheat meal day. <laughs> cheat meal day or like healthy choices? Uh, healthy choice. Yeah, oh, see, man. I, I would have went cheat. I don't agree with I don't agree with cheat meals. Why not? Like, okay. Explain I to mean, us why. Because yeah, why like, not? I, I don't either. Because I just feel like crap every time I eat like shit anyway. But you don't believe in cheat meals? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I just. Oh my god! I, I wish I could just. You turn. just had a thousand Miller High Lifes last weekend. <laughs> You're telling me you don't believe in cheat meals? No. When, uh, I, if I go oh for it, though. <laughs> is liquid that's not food so tip probably doesn't classify it as a meal yeah but no honestly, oh, it's, it's, it's about 18 meals yeah it classifies alcoholism no, <laughs> no i just like to have a beer feels good to drink and like i'll have a beer even when i'm on like even when i'm like i'm gonna eat healthy i like to have a beer right like and we've talked about this <laughs> but i like to have water and everything too a beer a beer no. yeah a, honestly, a case so long I had like such eating issues, to be honest. And when I was on a diet or restricting, then I wanted everything. Like, tell me I can't have ice cream. I'm going to go eat a freaking pint of it. Like, mm -hmm. F you. Like, don't tell me what I can eat or what I can't. I, as long as I look at when I work with people, like if you can stabilize insulin levels so that their blood sugar is not always spiking, mm -hmm. then everything kind of evens out. Like, I drink wine. I eat pizza. I don't ever, there's not... I eat clean the majority of the time, but if I want something, I have it. It, it doesn't, I, a cheat meal just sets you up for like, you can't have it throughout the week and then you eat more of it and no. then you feel like shit. So, like just eat what you like and move your body. You subscribe to moderation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I had a baguette before. I, came I had a here. moderate, I had a moderate <laughs> I had a Panera baguette. I had a moderate cheat meal yesterday. What'd you have yesterday? Um, no, I actually didn't know. It wasn't yesterday or a couple days ago. Well, I no, I, I I had salmon and spinach. No, I had no. I well, I had a little bit of mac and cheese, kids leftovers. Oh, and that's then, what but kills we did. you right there. That gets you right. Actually, we had chicken and then mac and the cheese. Extra chicken nugget. That, was, that yeah. hurt. It's yeah, always have, the kids' fault. It's the extra stuff. That's what it is. That gets you. Um, okay, another kind of food related here, um, because correct me if I'm wrong. You hunt right when you were in Maine. Like you were, you're a hunter. Okay, so hunting for food. Or having food prepared for you, like in a restaurant. Would you rather go kill what you eat, or would you rather have it <laughs> served to you at camp? Kill what you eat. Yeah, that's right. uh, I like to have things that I've killed, caught, yeah. or grown. 
it's it's that's better for you now if you're asking me if i want to hunt it kill yes. it prepare it yeah you should dress it no, too right i want somebody to cook for me but oh, gotcha. i always want to yeah. okay so what did you say again hunt, she, said, she said caught or grown yeah right killed caught or grown i like that farm the table we're going farm the table on the table yeah okay Fishing's fun pull-ups or push-ups pull-ups I can't do one. Oh God! Can't do one. Well, I went on a little run there where I was getting. 10 Is it to a 12. pull? It, I can do chin ups. Chin, I can't do pull ups. Hey, okay, that's a great question. What's that? Yeah, but that, I mean that's that's what works. The, yeah. the the other parts don't pull the body up. So I'm gonna go with yes. I can do a pull up. It's a chin up. Though. Well, I can yeah. do both, but I, I can knock down I, a lot of these. I can do assisted pull ups. <laughs> no, no so you so you'd prefer a push up over a pull up? Is what you're saying? Yes. That, yeah. That's sim- a simple answer, yes. I'm in the same camp. I've seen Dan do pull-ups where he is on the bar and then he wraps the big band around his knee. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But he uses like five bands. Hey, it's, so it's, it's, about, it's about little wins. Yeah, little wins, exactly. Um, you're in Kentucky now, right? So North, I consider Kentucky South still. Do you, still con- you, do you feel like you're in the South in Kentucky a little bit? I know it's fringy because I was in Lexington. Right, and I was like, yeah, I'm Kentucky kind of in the south. south. I consider it the south. south. I don't feel like I'm, yes and no, kind of. I heard a little twang in the voice there yeah, on a couple I words. Know. I don't yep. say wicked anymore. I don't say yeah, bub, you know, mm-hmm. you just acclimate to where you are. But I don't I don't necessarily, I wouldn't think that this was a south, though. Maybe borderline. Let's call it borderline, but let's go like this. So the speed of the north or the speed of the south, which is slower. What do you like better? The, like northeast is fast, right? Well, you're thinking like Boston. Well, I'm thinking like I'm in Rhode Island. That was a little bit of an accent there. I mean, like, but I think even like, like just the way that people, the way that, like, you know, it's go 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 usually. Even in Maine, I thought. But my parents, my my parents live in North Carolina now, and I swear to God, if you go to a Dunkin' Donuts down there compared to one up here, that's what I'm saying. They they, they might be brewing the coffee back there, like (laughs) actually soaking the beans at that moment before you get it. Yeah. I, that's a great analogy. That's what I mean. Like the speed up here is just so much faster than down south. I feel like what What do you like better? Um, here, there. Okay, I would have thought you would have said north. She's changed. Yeah, changed definitely. No, because I, I, all I can think of, like when you say speed, I'm like, well, I don't know. We got Portland, we got Boston, yep. New York, but down here, I feel like there's a warm feel here. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like. There's a welcoming, there's a warm feel. Like when I moved here, I was shocked because people didn't honk at you and swear at you and flip you off. Like if yes. you were, yes. you know what I mean? Like that sort of speed and people, even though they're fast, they're still, they're still cordial. They're still nice. They're still welcoming for the most part. Maybe I have a bad taste, but I still like Boston. I still like New York, but yeah. it's just a, def- that type of speed is definitely different than here. Have you been to the Derby yet? Yes. What year did you go? <clears throat> have you been to it a bunch? Uh, 2000 when did i moved here five years ago so five years ago and then i went to thurby um a couple years in a row and the only one that hasn't been to the derby you're the only one that hasn't been to the derby yeah dan likes to attend the derby um so maybe we'll we'll get down there sometime yep you know i always wanted to go and then i moved here and then once you're here it's either it's just for the parties do you know what i mean it's for yeah, the parties for the hats or whatever but it's it's much more alluring when you don't live here got it it is, but the, the besides the day, but the Friday, the Oaks race, that's kind of laid back though too. The Oaks is a fun day too. Well, it's in the it's in the company. What's that? I haven't been to that one. What's that? 
No, that's Thursday. I don't know. It's I haven't been, yeah, I haven't been to the Thursday one. Yeah. It's, it's all in the company a, you keep, too. Yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, we get to shut down tip here. We get to close yeah. down. Lexington closed down when I lived there, and they're not even close. But they would, the Lexington would be closed for the Derby. So, um, favorite color Gatorade? We asked everybody this. We forgot to ask Mickey though. It keeps your insulin perfect. Yep. The Arctic Ice one. Ugh. We like the original colors: red, yellow. You like the crunch? Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's, yellow. It's completely natural. Yeah, that's fine. Organic grown. Yeah, organic and grown exactly. Hey, any anything? So, how do we find you? How do people find you? Because you can put this out to your members, do whatever. How do how do we how do we know where you are? How do people go learn? You know, follow you on Instagram, all the that marble, stuff. The Marble Method. The Marble. Yep. The T H E Marble Method. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a personal Instagram, but it's private. It's actually Marble. I think it is. I don't even know what it is, man. I should get better. Let's do the company. Media. The company one. That's good. No, you're active yeah, on there. You, you do a lot of stories. Tip, I have this problem with being seen. Mm. It's okay. actually horrible on my own. Um, I don't know why. I'm trying to step into that. So when you asked me if I would do this, I was like, uh, yeah, that's fine. I get to talk to you. But then I'm like, whoa. Um, for as many stages as you've said that I've been on, like, I really have a problem, like, being acknowledged and seen on a mm-hmm. larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like social media, but I know social media is so important for so many businesses and, and I don't know, marketing and media, but I don't know. So my private page is Ashley Marble. The business is the Marble Method, um, but we're actually gonna be launching my own app, which has been like a kind of a struggle for me where we're gonna create online workouts mm-hmm. that we were providing, remember when we switched, while we were shut down and people love those and we're like, Hey, can we have it? So we're actually creating an app where we're going to have 30 minute workouts for people to do with recovery, with nutrition and coaching. So I'm excited about that. So maybe this was a baby step to being visible because when you have your own app, you're well, you've done amazing stuff. I mean, your athletic career and then transitioning to business and like turning, you know, doing exactly what you're doing, like the empowering paragraph that you went on there for a few sentences is going to be mm-hmm. awesome you know to put on there max i was like it was well said so you've done great stuff i see the main tat too on there on the, i like that like going to keeping with the roots on that one so that's awesome yeah, so it's actually the birth flowers and then the rose is where i grew up oh cool this is where we had all our fun love it <laughs> love it so dan i appreciate it max this yeah, too thank so you so much so good much luck with everything yeah, and guys, I keep it up it. Fast Art Prime is brought to you by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one-stop shop for custom team apparel, delivered right to your front door. Learn more by visiting squadlocker.com.